0: Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Let's open up with a scripture that we are declaring our theme scripture for 2023. This is Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, and it reads this way. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence And with eternal pleasures at your right hand. I'm going to preach a little bit on that next week. But we have declared that 2023 is a joyful 23. It is a year of joy. Actually, it's a year of joyfulness, not just joy. Amen. And so I want to encourage everybody that uh, if you haven't yet, stop by the photo wall. Take your picture in front of the wall back there. And you can post that on your, you know, your screensaver uh, on your phone or work or or your computer. And it will just remind you all year long. Um, to keep an attitude of joy. Also, uh, there's a magnet back there for you. There's a free notebook back there. Please grab those. As you saw in the video, um, this Wednesday night uh, is, a, is another one of our nights of joy. Man, if you've been able to come out on Wednesday, it's been powerful, hasn't it? It's been really, really powerful. And so this Wednesday we're gonna talk about the anointing of joy. And if you are here, I will lay hands on you for you to have an anointing of joy throughout 2023. The Bible actually says that there is an anointing or empowering of joy, and we are in twenty-one days of prayer and fasting, and that will that will end next Sunday. And if you're like, man, I've been gone for a couple weeks, then you can get in on the seven days of prayer and fasting if you start today. We're not telling you what to fast, but um, just encouraging everybody to set some time aside and ask God this question, God, what is it that you want to do in me, and what is it that you want to do for me, and what is it that you want to do through me in 2023, and so we have been talking about that on Sunday mornings. I'm going to review for a moment, and I'm going to jump into this morning's message. So a scripture we have been reading, this is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, and it said to everything, everyone say everything, there's a season, well you don't have to keep repeating, Just there, there's, there's a season, and a time for everything, and every matter, and every purpose under heaven. So we found this out, that life is made up of seasons. And I know our season right now seems a little crazy. It's 61 day, it's 30 and snowy the next, but life is made up of seasons. Within those seasons, there are appointed times or appointed opportunities or appointed purposes inside of those seasons, and the Bible tells us that. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. This is uh, verses 15 through 17. So if there are times and seasons and there are appointed times, and the Bible says then we should look careful, carefully how we walk. We should live with purpose, we should live worthily, and we should live accurately, not as the unwise or the witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. That means we should live alert, and we should live aware, and we should live diligent is what that means. Then the Bible goes on and said, we should make the most of the time, we should buy up every opportunity, because the days are evil. Now, in the New Testament... We see in the Greek there are three different words usually used for this idea of time. The first word is aeon, and this has to do with the normal passage of time leading into eternity. It's just the normal passing of time. Within that, there's there's a word chronos. It's where we get the word chronological from, and it's the order of our days, our time. Um, Have you ever said something like this? Only have 24 hours in one day to get everything done. That's the idea of chronos time. It's, It's man's time. But then there's this other word in the Greek, it's the way God looks at time, and it's the word kairos. And it literally means moments, God moments, divine moments within the chronological order of time and the passing of, of time. So time to God isn't just days ending and days starting, it's, it's times and seasons and moments where you are pregnant with moves of God. Um, and so for this year, there are going to be moments, uh, joyful moments this year. There are going to be God moments in your, in your life. Amen. There are going to be times that God is up to something and doing something, and that's kairos. In other words, that means opportune, assigned, anointed times. I mean, that's good. So verse, 30, uh, verse 17 says, so therefore, don't be vague, or don't be thoughtless or even foolish, but it's real important to grasp and understand what the will of the Lord is. So we need to grasp what the will of the Lord is in those Kairos moments as we go through the seasons and the times as we go into this year. So we started a series on Sundays, and I'm going to end this morning, and that, that title, of the series is um, My Best Year Yet. So we're believing it's your best year yet. I'm not. Uh, yeah, thank you. I'm not. I'm not just saying that just to pump you up or make you feel good. Although I want you to be pumped up and feel good, I want to say it prophetically to you that God wants it to be your best year yet, and He wants to fill it full of His joy. Now that doesn't mean there won't be opposition, because as much as God wants you to experience His Kairos moments, the devil has some moments he wants you to experience. He wants his own plan and agenda for you. But but just because God wants something for you doesn't mean that it just happens. So I believe that for your best year yet, there are some hurdles in your life, and my life that we have to overcome. And that's what we've been talking about in this series. And so the first hurdle was, let me find which one it is here. It's the, not that one, it's this one over here. It's the hurdle of confidence. And we talked in week one how to clear the hurdle of confidence you know you i could say this differently i could say oh there co- it was a confidence hurdle or i could say there is a confidence hurdle so we taught you and encouraged you that we all face doubts about what God can do. A lot of times it's based on things we've experienced or what we're going through. And we say we've got to keep hearing faith so we become more and more confident because there's going to be moments the devil opposes you. There's going to be moments that it feels like things aren't happening. It doesn't look like things are happening. And we have to have what? An anticipation. We have to have our faith stirred. So you need to keep hearing and hearing what God's up to and what God wants to do. That's how we begin to clear the confidence hurdle. Then last weekend we talked about there is a completion hurdle. And we talked about how we can't let things in our yesterday determine our tomorrow. So we talked about how how to conquer that that completion hurdle. So I want to talk about the last hurdle this morning. Y'all ready to go? I know I've had some people say, wonder what the next one is? And so you can already see it's there in front of me. It's the clarification hurdle. That, I know that sounds kind of corny, but as we go into it, I, I, I think this is going to be a real practical teaching this morning, but it's going to be a real, real, real good teaching that I want you to like plug into and really respond to um, this morning. But I want to start off with, with this thought and this, this question how many of you really, really believe that God really knows what you need? How many believe he, he knows? Well, you know in the New Testament, there are three different places where Jesus encountered people that needed healing. Now, Jesus saw they needed healing, knew they needed healing, was able to heal them, but didn't at first, but he asked them this question, what do you want me to do for you? Obviously, they said, we need our sight, and Jesus responded with healing. So I want you to get this point today that maybe the apparent need you have isn't your greatest need, that maybe your greatest need is to clearly let God know what you're believing and what you really do need. Because I do believe God knows what you need, but it seems he's unwilling to meet that need until you describe to him or be specific about what it is that you're believing for him to do or what you need him to do. Sometimes it could be, well, I know he knows what I need. But for some reason, God in his infinite knowledge wants you to put your faith out there and confess And let God know what you need. And he would ask you this question today, what is it that I can do for you? That's an interesting thought. So you weren't wrong about that, but I just want you to to know this, that um, great results don't just happen. And you don't just drift into your destiny. So we have this hurdle this morning that that we're going to talk about, this hurdle of clarification. But I believe there's some enemies to clarification. Now, that's a big word on Sunday morning. I get it. But there, there, are, some, there are some enemies to clarification. And, and, the, and the first enemy of clarification is, is, guess what? It's confusion. Now, if you looked up the word confusion in the Bible, it, it would say something like this. When things are unclear, when things are in disorder, or things are uncertain. Now, we know from reading scripture that Jesus is not the author of confusion, So confusion either comes from ourselves or it can come from the enemy or somehow, some way we can get confused about things, but it doesn't come from the Lord. Sometimes we get real double-minded. We hear that God's a healer, but a symptom talks us out of that. Or we hear that God's got a breakthrough, but we don't feel breakthrough happening or we we hear a message or we read in the Bible and we get our faith a little stirred up and we get excited that God's a God of provision and we might face a setback and we get a little double-minded. We get a little confused about what God is doing and sometimes it lets us let our faith down. Sometimes it lets us let our guard down and we can be in this, this thing of confusion about will God do it, can God do it? And the thing is that we, we don't want to stay in a place where where we... I don't like using this word, but sometimes we don't want to stay in an ignorant place where we let, I'm not saying you're ignorant, we just stay in a place of not knowing because we stay in a place of confusion when we know from the Bible that God is actually a revealer and he wants to reveal to us. He wants to bring revelation to us, but confusion can be an obstacle. Can God do it? Well, yeah, but will God do it? I hope he does and and we go back and forth. And so confusion can be an enemy to getting clarification. Another enemy is, is guess what? It's complacency. It's complacency. That we, maybe we're not just confused, but we get real complacent and real comfortable with where we're we're at. I thought this was an interesting saying, and and this isn't from the Bible, but P.T. Barnum said this. He said, comfort is the enemy of progress. We can get real comfortable on the level. You can get comfortable with the level that you were on at the end of 2022. But if you know anything about our God, he will not let you peak. And so he is prodding you, he's prodding you through me over, uh, over these Sundays to believe for more, to believe better, to, uh, we're, we're encouraging you that it's going to be your best year yet, but we've got to make sure that we're, we're, we're not only confident, we're not only um, believing that God's bigger in our, t- our tomorrow than he was yesterday, but we're also getting really clear on what we're believing God to do in us, for us, and through us this year but we can get real complacent sometimes and it's an enemy of clarification. And I wrote this down. I thought this, 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 this went well, that comfort takes away our desire to change. It takes away our desire to improve. It takes away our desire to exceed. We just get complacent. We get comfortable with the level that we're at, with the walk we have with God. We, we want a next level blessing with a yesterday walk. We want a a next season blessing with doing the same things in the last season, and how many know it doesn't work that way? When, When you change altitudes, attitudes have to adjust. And if we are clinging to comfort, just let me say it this way, if we're clinging to comfort, you will not walk into your Canaan land. You'll not walk into your promised land. So some things get uncomfortable before we get some breakthroughs. Some things get really uncomfortable and challenging before we see something break through. Amen. So when I prophesy it's your best year yet, it will be. But these are hurdles that we have to overcome. And complacency sometimes can be an enemy of clarifying what we believe God wants to do. And here's the other enemy, and it's just chance. Just believing that things just work out. The the word chance means it's unpredictable, it's unaccountable, and it's undiscernible. But see, if you leave things to chance, you miss the provision that God has. You'll miss the kairos moments. So what I'm saying to you is Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? The way I worded that question is, God, what is it that you want to do in me, for me, and through me this year? That's our question as we're praying, as we're fasting. That's, That's what we're asking God about our 2023. But we have to be careful because there, 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 there could be some, some hurdles. And I want you to know, a hurdle is not a roadblock. There's a difference between a hurdle and a roadblock. A hurdle is something we have to conquer. We have to begin to clear. We have to begin to hurdle over, right? So it's just meant there. It's just meant that it's that's impeding a little bit of process, but we can overcome these things. But, but to have some real clarity on what God is saying and going to do this year in your new year, we can't just leave 2023 up to chance or 2020, 2023 will end and you'll be like, what just happened? And we can't go into 2023 with a confusion or we, we won't have an expectancy and we can't just stay complacent. So we need to, uh, we need to let God begin to urge and move and prompt us. Amen. Amen. Let, let, let me give you a, a scripture for all of that. And that's, this is in Matthew. This is chapter 7. And these are verses 7 and verse 8. And, and I know you have heard this scripture before, but it, it's such, such a cool couple of scriptures. And, and Jesus said it this way. Ask. and what's it ask. And the gift is yours. Seek and you will discover. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Verse 8 says, every persistent one will actually get what he's been asking for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he's longing for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find the open door. The word persistent is really an easy word. It just means the person who sticks to it. The person who sticks to it. Now, we read these words. These are our English translations. But sometimes we need to open up the language these words were written in because it gives it a whole different meaning. So if I say to you, God wants you to ask, he wants you to seek, he wants you to knock, which is not only what we're doing during prayer and fasting, but this is the attitude that we need to continue to have because these verses literally mean this is the lifestyle or this is the example or this is the pattern that we're supposed to behave in. So we should continue, continue, continually be asking God, God, will you open this up for me? God, I ask of you, and God says, if you ask, I'll give the gift, but the word ask here is not not our ask. Our ask is a polite, excuse me, may I, but in the Greek, this word ask literally means that you put an urgent demand on something. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying demand God Well, the Bible actually says you put a demand on what God said. You put a demand on what Jesus said. You couldn't, it should be your lifestyle to put an urgent demand on the things that Jesus has promised you. It literally means this, to believe that he is listening and if he is listening, he is ready to respond. That means we have an attitude to know that I've got an audience with heaven, and when I ask for the word to happen in my life, he's ready to perform it in my life, and Jesus said to do that, and he said not only live in such a way that you do that, live in such a way that you also continue to seek The word seek means you are trying to discover something, believing that you are going to obtain it, and you rearrange all of your priorities in such a way that you're going to find and obtain what what you've been asking for. So if you're really believing some things that that God is speaking to you about, God, what do you want to do in me, for me, and through me, then what your lifestyle should be as we go into 2023 is I'm, I'm going to put an urgent demand on what God spoke to me about. It's going to be my pattern of living this year. So much so that I'm going to rearrange my life in a way that I am going to see these things happen. Plan on your healing. Plan on your breakthrough. Plan on your restoration. Plan on your reconciliation. Plan on, your, on God being a good God this year. Now, I'm not preaching. You may not have a moment of challenge. You may not be going through something. But you, you, you plan that you're going to see what you, you've been seeking. And the last thing he says is, and you keep knocking. And it's the idea of you know someone's in there, so you keep knocking. I don't know if you ever went to someone's house and you knew they were there and they weren't answering the door. And you know, so you keep knocking. Anyone ever know? Maybe it's a relative and you know they were there and they didn't answer the door. So you're going to go around to the window. You're going to go around to the next door. It's that idea that this is how we're supposed to live. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. So we're talking about the fact that Jesus said, what is it you want me to do for you? Well, here's what I'm putting a demand on, God. Your word said this. So I'm going to begin to arrange myself. I'm going to keep knocking because I know it's in there. I know it's for me. I know I'm going to witness it. I know it's going to manifest in my life. That's the attitude that, that Jesus said that you and I are supposed to live with this year. So what about championing this hurdle of clarification. That's why I gave you the question, God, and I know I keep saying it, God, what do you want to do in me? What do you want to do for me? And what do you want to do through me? So let me make three life points for you, and, and, and you probably saw you have a piece of paper on, on your chair this morning, and I'll, I'll get that, to that in, in just a moment. But let's talk about championing this hurdle. Can you see how if we begin to, we begin to win over these hurdles, we're, we're going to walk into some good things this year? And every one of these hurdles, it's just opposition. It's just there to, you know, if, if I went to the track and there were some hurdles, Um. First of all, I was never a hurdler, but I'm going to tell you, I couldn't just run through these because I'm not trained to do that. I'm not 17 years old again either, but if I was trained to clear those hurdles, if you've ever seen anyone run hurdles, they make it look really easy. Now, some of these hurdles, maybe you're able to clear fairly easy. But some of them maybe you can't. How many of you went to the track this afternoon and cleared them? Might be a few few YouTube moments, right? There might be a few few YouTube moments, right? But listen, if you can't clear them all exactly gracefully yet, keep practicing, keep training, keep believing because I believe you're gonna get your pace of grace this year and I believe you're gonna get that wind behind you. And you got to keep coming back to these things I'm saying until by the end of 2023, I can see you because, you know, when those hurdlers, it's like they do one step, two steps, and they just, it's just like taking a walk for them. I want you to see yourself that way. I want you to see yourself championing those things, just clearing over those old habits, clearing over those things that are against you to where you've got your pace of grace going and you're making some wind and you're making some speed. That's what I'll prophesy over you. So these aren't made to be dead ends. These are made to just be hurdles along the way. That was just a hurdle. It took me a while. If I want over, you may look a little bit more like this. You may have to crawl around it or under it, but you're going to get there. You're going to get there. All right, here we go. That was in my notes nowhere. Here we go. So so let's make three light points. Are you ready? Light point number one goes this way, that, that certainty is the core certainty, when we're talking about clarification, we're talking about being certain, that you're able to recognize, you're able to identify, you're you're able to be specific. I'll I'll say it this way, focus is power. Focus is power. And what I mean by that is focus in on this question I've been asking you. Because if we're gonna begin to to clear and conquer and champion this hurdle of being really clear, because Jesus said, what is it? Think about that question. If if Jesus came by your way, as He did in the Scriptures, and He looked at you and He said, "What is it that you want Me to do for you in 2020? What is it that you want Me to do for you in your life?" It would be wrong of you to say, "You know, Jesus, you know my need. I don't want to bother you." No, you you would be like. I really am believing for this. I'm, I'm believing for my resources to adjust. I'm, I'm believing for healing to manifest. I'm, I'm believing for my marriage to get better. I'm, I'm believing for my kids to come back to Jesus. I'm believing for for this or that to rearrange or happen in my life. He wants to know what that is, and so so we 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 at the core, at the very core, we have to be very certain. Number one, that we have a God that that does know. And when we tell him, and we tell him in faith, we we have a God that's ready to respond. If it's in his word, you put a demand on it. You ask, you seek that, and you start rearranging your life that it will manifest in your life. That it will manifest in your life. Proverbs says it this way. I know you know this verse, but it's a different translation on it. It says, if people can't see what God's doing, they're going to stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. We have to know what God's up to. Because if we don't, we're going to stumble. We are going to stumble over these hurdles. But when we attend to what he reveals to us, there's a blessing coming. There's a blessing on the way. There's a blessing. So my job as your pastor to kick you off into this new year is to tell you what God's up to. Is to push you to say, God, what do you want to do in me? God, it may be the year. You say, well, he hasn't done it. Last year, he didn't do it the year before, but this may be the trifecta. This might be the year, this might be the moment, this might be the time. This, 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 there is a kairos moment. We learned last week, if you don't get wore out, you have a new season. And so what I want you to do is just get a vision. Get a vision for what it looks like. What, what does it look like? What's, maybe you've been restricted physically. What, what would it look like if that restriction was removed? What, what would it look like if, if your marriage was more blissful? What would it look like if there was more harmony in your home? What would it look like if, if there was more confidence in your life? What would it look like if you had a promotion? What would it, getting some vision on it? Because the first thing that vision does in our life, and how many know vision is important? The Bible is a book of vision. The, it's a whole book of vision. And, and, and in the Hebrew, the word for vision and the word for, for provision are the same word. So if, 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 if God gave you a vision for it, he'll also create the provision for it. But vision starts to clarify things. What, what, what does your breakthrough look like? What does your next season look like? Ask God, what's the Kairos moments? God, what, what, what does it look like for me? Because that's the thing that vision does. Vision begins to clarify things. And vision will do this. Vision will challenge current conditions. It will challenge the current conditions in your life. And what I mean by that, vision always has to do with change. Amen? It always has to do with change. So I want you to look and say, God, give me a vision of that changing and what it would look like. Show me, God, what it would look like. Show me how it's going to get a vision. If you've got some restrictions in your walking. Get a vision of yourself running. If you got some restrictions in your body, see yourself free from that. If you got some restrictions going on in any area of your life, take off that's what vision does. It takes off the limits. It takes off the blind. I'm teaching you scripture here, not just not just willpower, not just get a little better. But we so at the very core, at the very core of things is certainty. To have a certain focus. Are you all with me? This is your leadership 101 lesson this morning. Get you a clear picture. God loves it. I'm trying to tell you, God. Lo- if, you have, if you have grown up and, 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 just, and you, your theology has been, whatever God, he's sovereign, whatever happens, happens. You're reading scripture wrong because Jesus said, what is it that I can do for you? What is it that you are believing me for? God loves it. The Bible says this, that God's moved, not just by a sad story, but he's moved by our what? Our declarations of faith. I'm preaching better than your amens this morning. I told you I was going to let the devil have it. I just need your help. So at the very core is you being very certain. And the only way you get certain is find out what Jesus said and put your amen to what he said yes to. Did, 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 Jesus, did Jesus say yes to healing? Keep putting your amen to it. Did he say yes to blessing? Keep putting your amen to it. You know what amen means? It basically means so be it. If Jesus said it, if the Father revealed it, yo, so be it for me. So be it in my life. I'm going to get a clear picture of it. In other words, God, if God said it, he wants you to have it. Did Jesus say yes to freedom? Did he say freedom from addiction? Yeah. Then you put your amen what he said yes to. If you can find a promise in this book, the Bible says they're all yes and amen. And that literally means you put your so be it to what God said yes to. So if your walk with Jesus is boring, you have been reading the wrong chapters and verses. Come on, somebody. Find you, find you some things he said yes to. Start putting your amen into it. That'll be some projects for you. That'll be some projects for God. Amen. So that's life point one. Here's the second one. Change is the course. Changes the course. Of course, changes the course. How many love change? You don't. You raise your hand. You think you do, but you don't. We, we have this joke in the office because we have some people that have moved their offices around 15 times um, since we've been here the last couple of years. I haven't moved mine yet. And me and my <laughs> wife were having this discussion because her moves like every other week, her and Pastor Shane. There's moves all the time. It's, it's a mobile office, basically. Stuff's always rearranged. And we had this discussion. I said, hey, I got it right the first time. It's how I want it. It doesn't need to mess with, right? I can see who's at my door. I can study. I can so, so. But, but, but change is good. I will tell you this. From the moment you met Jesus to the moment you go to heaven, change will be your MO. He is always calling you to change. Why? Because he's always taking you from level to level to level. He doesn't need to change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you and I need to change. And God, here, here's it. You may not be who you want to be yet, but anyone glad you're not who you were yesterday? Yeah. You, you may not have all the revelation you're going to get, but aren't you glad you got some revelation now that you didn't have two years ago? That's because God is, is, is so good. And I said this last week, and I said, you know, you might be one decision away from a brand new season. Think about that. You might only be one really good decision from a brand new season. So we need to ask God this. What, what do you need to do differently to have a brand new experience? God, what do I need to do differently to have a brand new experience with you? What, God, what, what do you need to elevate in my life? God, what, what is it that I need to eliminate in my life to see what you want to do in 2023? Now, I was playing with the word change. I was playing with you a little bit because people say they like change, but oftentimes we don't like change. Let let me give you a better word than change. This is more of an empowering word. This is the Bible word for change. It's not usually the word change, it's the word transform. So God doesn't want to just change you, he wants to transform you. Okay, I'm going to find some excitement over here. God doesn't want to just change you. What God wants to do is actually transform you. See, that's different because change means you need to adjust some things. Transform means God is going to take you like clay and begin to mold and shape and reshape and do something better in you, do something better for you, and do something absolutely better through you. Because God is the God of transformation. If you've got some areas of your life that need transformed, start submitting them and surrendering them. And guess what? God will just begin to do the changes that you need. Because if God's going to do something brand new, if he's going to do something in you, for you, and through you, that we're believing for him to do this year, you've got some change coming. So it doesn't just happen because you want to, and it just doesn't happen because it can. For God to take you to the next level, he's got to start doing some transformation in you. And transformation is good. It's good. Let, let me read your scripture. I know what you're, you know what I'm going to read, but Romans chapter 12 and verse two says this, don't copy the behavior or the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a brand new person by changing your stinking thinking, by changing the way that you think. And if you let God transform your thinking, look what it says, then you're going to learn to know what God's will is, which is good. It is pleasing and it's Perfect. I want to let you in on this. As you are right now, you cannot grasp everything the Lord has for you that's good, pleasing, and perfect in 2023. But what God will do, if you will allow him, he will begin to transform your thinking so you can grasp what it is. The whole reason I said take some time for prayer and fasting and ask that question, because God begins to give us revelation on it. He's going to begin to change our thinking, and you're going to be able to just not understand it, but walk into it. I want you to know there's a difference between learning about freedom and God beginning to transform and you begin to walk in it. There's a difference between knowing that God heals and beginning to walk in it. There's a difference between knowing that God is a blesser, he's a provider, and you're getting a grasp of it and you are beginning to walk in it. But the thing that God has to do that that he cannot do without your submission is change your thinking. Man, that's been my new prayer. God, just change my thinking. Because everything, check this out, everything that God needs to do for you he has already done. It happened at the cross. That's why, he, that's why in his last breaths, he said, <clears throat> it's over. It's finished. He's not the author of confusion, but he is the author of the beginning, the middle, and the end of your life. All he has to do is get your thinking changed. That's why the Bible says, what do we do? We need to submit our minds and have our minds, what, continually renewed. Continue to be renewed. Have you ever gone into a new year and you, just, you, you have a fresh outlook Maybe for some of you, it looked like this, uh, I'm going to get up a little earlier. Um, maybe some of you, I'm just looking around. Maybe somebody I'm going to exercise a little more. Some of you like, I'm going to go to bed earlier. I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do all these things. Anyone? And man, you start out, you're like seven days in. And it's one of those mornings where you don't want to get out of bed. Or something good's on TV, so you stayed up too late. Or I'm so sore from working out on Monday, I'm not touching the weights on Wednesday. Or that diet I was working on, nah, cancel that. I'm on the seafood diet now. I'm eating everything I see. (laughs) Because here's why. That's willpower. That's your power. Now, some of you are very disciplined, but I'm not talking about willpower, because willpower is like a tank of gas. You start out on full, but guess what? At some point, your willpower starts starts to be depleted. And if you don't fill up constantly, then you will not have willpower. But it's submitting our lives for God to do some new habits in us. Amen. Uh, my wife says this all the time. This will be good to write down. Healthy things grow. Growing things change. And change is challenging. And we say that again. Healthy things grow. If you're a healthy person in a healthy church, you're going to be challenged to grow. So healthy things grow. Growing things, how the, how'd that go? <laughs> Growing things change, but man, change is challenging. What is it that you need to put at the, at the feet of Jesus? What do you need to surrender to put at God's disposal to let him transform? Are you all with me? You all getting something good? All right, get something good. All right, so let, let, let's land this plane. So what have we said? We've said this, that, 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 that certainty is at the core, changes the course. And here's my last life point. Commitment is the challenge. So here's the overall point that I hope you're getting this morning. Although I do believe God knows what you need, the appearance of that need is not your greatest need. The greatest need you have is to put that before God by faith. And God does want to transform you, God does want to change you. He really, really does. What can I do for you? That's what, that's what Jesus is still at. What can I do for you? And so we can get excited about what needs to change, but, but the challenge becomes this commitment. And commitment is what safeguards us against quitting. Can I read you an essential scripture? This is Habakkuk. I know you were reading there this morning, but this is the book of Habakkuk. You don't have to be able to spell it. Just know it's in the Old Testament, right? Chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time, a Kairos moment. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. Even if it's slow in coming, keep waiting patiently for it, for it will surely take place. It won't be delayed. So, this is a response from a prophet. To God's people that were in a place, God, are you still moving? God, can you still do this? And He said, Get this. Here's the word of the Lord. Write it down so you can run with it. Now let me get real practical for just a moment. Studies show, studies show that if, if you write down your goals or what you are believing for, it does something. It engages your mind. It grabs a hold of your emotions, and it makes you accountable with your actions. You can have every desire to get healthier, to lose that weight, to work out more, to have a better whatever. You can have a desire for God to do something in you for you and through you this year, but there's a real connection psychologically, spiritually to you taking what you're believing for and writing it down. Let me explain that to you. I looked this up a little bit for you. 83% of people set no goals. 83% of people will not respond to the question that I've given you for these few weeks. I mean, right now it sounds good because we're praying, we're fasting, it's the new year, but the majority of people just will not set those goals and record them. They say 3% will, and they are three times more successful at seeing those things happen in their life. They did some research at a university, and they they came to find this, that 43% of people thought about their goals, but they didn't write them down. But the people who had a 76% success rate were people who got a goal, wrote it down, committed to it, shared it with a friend, and kept accountable. So there's a dramatic difference between you having interest and just thinking God's going to do it, And you're really saying, God, this is what I'm believing for. I am getting it down on paper so I can run with it this year. I know that sounds real practical, but we just read that's what Habakkuk said that you and I need to do. They say that your your chance of meeting those goals and receiving those things, even if you take your writings and put pictures to them, it takes it up even that much higher. Because here's what happens when your mind sees it on paper. It's called the generation effect. Here's what happens: you write something down, and your mind tells you that that is significant because it was written down. And, and what happens is you start living out of that moment of importance instead of losing memory over it. I will tell you, I don't know if it's busyness, age, whatever it is, but I will think of something. I'll be, like, oh, that's really good. I need to write it down. I'm like, oh, I'll remember that. An hour later, I'm like, what was that thing I was trying to remember? Anybody ever, ever do that? All right. Let's not let what we're believing for fall into that category, that it's something we didn't remember, or we can't recall it, but it becomes a moment, it becomes a moment. So, you know what? That, I believe that means this morning. That's why I gave you a card, because I'm believing that this is, this is an important moment if you know what needs to go in that paper or we're going to do a song and I'm going to encourage you to reflect during the song. And if you say, I don't know what it is yet, then I encourage you to in this moment reflect, go home and, and start writing this down. Put this up on the fridge somewhere. So we're go- what we're going to do, we're going to do a song. I'll come back up in just a moment before we close. And I want you to say that question, God, what do I need to write down? I want to encourage you, don't fall into the 83-some percent that don't take that serious what Habakkuk said. So I've been praying the same prayer that you have, been fasting, lunchtime, I'm going over to the other building over there and just saying, God, I mean, one day I just wrote, God, what do you want to do in me? Because I'm not going to do something or not do something I ask you all to do. And, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm not going to tell you all the details, but I said, God, what what do you want to do in me? Because I don't want to just give you a list of my goals. What do you want to do in me? And God started talking to me about some stuff he wanted to do in my heart. And I'll be honest with you, some stuff I was like.